This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. going on guys this is rob carbone coming at you with another episode of bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees and Knicks analysis um so tonight we're doing episode 110 once again just um prospect scouting a little bit you know profiling some upcoming prospects in this draft that will likely be picked late in the first or sometime in the second round um, last show we did, uh, Desmond Bain. Tonight we're going to talk about Duke prospect, a freshman at Duke this past season, Cassius Stanley. So we'll dive into him a little bit. Um, talk about him just, uh, a little bit later in the show, because I do want to start off with some news that has, you know, it's, it's never New York without something in the headlines every couple of days. Um, but Lately in Manhattan, around Madison Square Garden, we're getting the headline of Scott Perry being welcomed back to to the Garden. He's going to be here for at least one more season. Uh, that was the deal. It was a one-year deal. Uh, Leon Rose brought him back. Listen, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and just immediately be angry. I know as Knicks fans, we're supposed to be that way. I get it. You know, we're supposed to be disgruntled, angry, never positive, never reasonable, always angry. That's how we are. That's how I am. That's how you are. That's how New York Knicks fans live. That is who we are. I get it. But for this one, for this, I know this is a very two-sided, divided topic here where it has Knicks fans on one side and the other side. You know, there are fans that love this and there are fans that hate this. For me, I'm trying to reason here with both sides. I get it. My immediate reaction was I would much rather the Knicks just restart the whole damn thing and clean the front office from top to bottom. I would have rather Leon Rose just get rid of uh, uh, Perry, and I'd rather him you know, get rid of Miller. But, hey, I, he didn't. So he, he, he's calling back Scott Perry for one more season. Got to re-sign him here. <clears throat> and hey, it is what it is. I'm going to try to find why. You know, I think Leon Rose likes Scott Perry. <clears throat> I think Leon Rose is somebody who <clears throat> sees the pros more than he does the cons with Scott Perry. 
<clears throat> so speaking of the strengths and weaknesses of Perry, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> um, speaking of the strengths and weaknesses here, yes, Perry, believe it or not, guys, he has done some beneficial t- things to this Knicks fuck, fucking uh, franchise. Uh, we'll start with him securing some draft picks, right? The Knicks have seven first-round picks over the course of the next four years. They have seven first-round picks. Um, and most recently, it was completing the Marcus Morris trade, sending him to Los Angeles for Maurice Harkless and a first-round pick for later this year. So that's a positive there, that he's collected draft picks for this team. He's done a nice job securing the Knicks with their draft picks. Um, he's also been, let's be honest, at least with the Knicks at least, right? He's had a little bit of a rough you know, hit or miss past with Orlando and Sacramento. But with the Knicks, he's been a, a decent talent evaluator. <clears throat> uh, most recently, it was R.J. Barrett. I know RJ had more of a bad season than he did a good season, but he did flash some promise, and I'd like to think that RJ was a hit more than he was a miss. <clears throat> we can go back and talk about Ignas Brasdegas as well in the second round of the past draft. Um, you know, obviously we didn't see we haven't seen him much, so we, he's more of a TBD, but the surface looks good. Same goes for Wooten, same goes for Lamar Peters. Um he, Perry was the guy who went out and signed Alonzo Trier. Trier was undrafted, was a free agent. Perry took a two-way flyer on him, liked what he saw, brought him back and signed him to a two-way, uh, a two-year deal. <clears throat> Trier put up a dozen points tonight off the bench in his rookie season. That was a hit. <clears throat> Mitchell Robinson, second-round draft pick, clear home run, clear hit, a, an absolute steal. This is got is somebody who's probably going to be the Knicks' long-term center. He looks promising. He's done some very good things already. Very impressive accomplishments from Robinson individually. So I think Perry has done a nice job securing draft picks and getting talent out of the draft and in uh, you know with the Trier thing in free agency. And Wooten, too. I think Wooten came as an undrafty. Um, so yes, he, he's been a decent talent evaluator, and he secured some picks. He's also... He hasn't locked the Knicks into any long-term deals, right? There's not really a contract on this team that gives you any Joakim Noah-type vibes or Carmelo Anthony-type vibes. He's pretty much signed players to cheap deals. We're going to talk about that whole colossal mistake um, last summer's free agency. But even the mistake deals he's made, again, a lot of team-friendly options, you know, a lot of one-on-one contracts that are easily waivable, non-guaranteed team-friendly deals. Um, so he's been he's done a nice job, you know, giving the Knicks cap space and, and plenty of financial flexibility. And it's only a one-year deal, guys. It can't hurt that much. Maybe it will hurt, but it won't hurt that much being a one-year deal. You know, I think he deserves a shot to run the team without Steve Mills handicapping him, right? He won't be under Mills' restriction now that he was fired, Mills. So I I think it's something that really can't hurt that much. Now, those are the pros, (laughs) okay? There there might not be as many cons, but I think, you know, the, the, the argument here is that the cons outweigh the pros. The biggest issue here is now what we're going to dive into is is last year's free agency. Last summer's free agency was a joke. Um, it was pathetic, abysmal, 
abominable, egregious, whatever you want to call it. It was a nightmare. It was bad. The Knicks went out there. They signed a bunch of veterans, a bunch of misfits, a bunch of stopgaps. And not only did they do that, but they played all those veterans, misfits, and stopgaps over their youth. They gave no minimal minutes to the kids, mismatched lineups, very clunky rotations, and just didn't prioritize growing the develop, you know, developing the youth. They just played all these veterans that they signed consistently throughout the year. Never changed. So that's that's the big the big um, negative here on, on Perry's resume. But who is it? Is it Perry? Do we know for sure? You know, we, we got on Fisdale for it. We got on Miller, on Mills. We don't know for sure who it was. I will add, though, there was a good point made. Um, I think somebody, I, I read a comment on, on Instagram or Twitter. I don't remember, but making a pretty good point. We've been on Fisdale's ass for, for lacking player development. We've been on Mills' ass for it. We've been on Miller's ass for it. If we're constantly on people's asses for it and it never changes, who's the one constant? Scott Perry hasn't been fired. Those three have, and it's still continuing. Perry has Perry has been the one constant um, throughout this whole lacking of player development thing. So maybe it is him. Maybe it was him who who signed all those players, right? I don't know. Maybe it was that. That's that's a good point that people can bring up um, as as an argument to you know to being anti Perry. Um, so that, that 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 brings up a good point there. But again, I, I mean, I, I, it's, there are some pros, man. I mean, Mills did want to keep Marcus Morris around. Never happened. Um, the Knicks ended up te- dealing him, which was the right thing to do. So Perry did good there. Mills, was it him who wanted to shoot for that playoff you know, goal, that, that playoff mandate? I think that was Mills. Uh, so maybe it was Mills lacking, you know, holding the Nick youth back. But I, we don't fucking know, guys. We don't know who that was. But you know, again, maybe, maybe it's Barry, maybe it's fucking Perry. He was the one constant. I, I'm going crazy trying to find out who was in charge of this whole free agency colossal. And, and you're gonna go crazy trying to figure it out too. You know, I don't think there's a solidified answer there. But that's the one kind, the the one con we're talking about here, and that's why it, it kind of has a lot of weight. But it's very, it's an uncertainty. Who the fuck was it? That, that signed all the vets? Who the fuck was it that played all them vets over the kids? We don't know. But, you know, that's 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 a negative here on Perry's resume. Obviously, the Kristaps Porzingis deal was a bad look for him. Not trading away Porzingis. He was disgruntled. You kind of have to do that. Uh, my, my, I'm more angry about the return, right? The Knicks got a, an abysmal return piece. Dennis Smith Jr. heading towards bus territory and... And a draft pick or, or two. So the return was awful. And you can knock Perry for that. Um, but yes, overall, I think there are more pros than cons. It just comes down to how much weight do those pros have as opposed to the, the, the amount of weight the cons carry here. So, you know, and it is what it is. You know, even with all the pros, the Knicks are still underachieving to their low expectations even. They still can't be a quarter of a decent product, despite you know all the things that Perry did do um, positively. 
So, you know, it's kind of just this annoying recycle of we're still one year away from being one year away every single year, right? So when are we going to start seeing legitimate progress? Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's tough to really fucking put a, put a finger on who's, who's, um, influencing these, these free agency decisions here when we really, we don't have a true answer. Sure. He's been the one constant, but even that is not a solidified answer here. Um, but you know, that's my final take. I'm kind of half and half here. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just think it is what it is and I'm going to have to live with it. Um, again, I would have much rather if I'm going to pick a side. Yeah, sure. I would have rather restarted the whole damn thing and, and cleared the entire front office out, but it didn't happen. We're here. Give him the year. See what he can do without the handicapping of, of Mills, you know, on his ass. And let that be that. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk about Perry too much tonight, guys. That's just, uh, that's just a small portion of this episode. Uh, I want to talk about Cassius Stanley, right? He's, an up and coming prospect in this draft from, you know, from Duke, a freshman there who we're going to talk about tonight. Very exciting prospect. But before we get to Stanley, guys, just want to remind you um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so right now. Um, we're going to go to break and you can subscribe to the podcast while we are on break. All right, we'll be right back and then we'll talk on Stanley. Really quick, I just want to remind you. You can go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com slash connect, and that will display all of my information, where to follow me on social media, how to subscribe to the blog, and how to subscribe to my podcast on the many different outlets we have. So once again, guys, just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.com dot wordpress.com slash connect let's get back to the show in my own opinion i think stanley was it could have been a lottery pick if he if he went back to duke for his sophomore season um, and kind of developed a little more, I think there was a chance he would have been a lottery pick. But he declared for the draft this year, and I've, I'm excited for him nonetheless. I think Stanley's going to be a very solid player in the NBA, has a chance to start. Um, he is a 6'6", 193-pound combo guard, wing, swingman, whatever you want to call him, you know, kind of a tweener. Um had a good freshman season at Duke, though, for sure. He had a good career freshman season there. Just that one-year career over at Duke where he averaged 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 1 assist on 47% from the floor, 36% from the 3-point distance, and 73% at the charity stripe. Did so across 29 games um, on a 27-minute average, 27 minutes. Um, so those are his statistics for Duke. So he had a solid season there. This kid is, guys, he's a fucking athlete. <clears throat> Cassius Stanley is a ridiculous athlete. Um, his game is based off of his amazing athletic abilities. 21 years old. Boy, can he fly. He's He, he broke Zion Williamson's uh, vertical leap record. So <laughs> there's that. You know, he's one of the best college dunkers of all time. You know, watch from watching film, 
reading up on him and scouting reports, just seeing a lot of tape on the kid. He is athletic. He's got speed, power, burst, excitement, you know, just good size to him. Again, plays the combo guard, can play the one, the two, or occasionally play up at the three. He uses that athletic system to generate offense and to play solid defense. Um, offensively, he gets to the free throw line a decent amount. Averaged 3.6 per 27 minutes, but you stretched that out to a 40-minute rate that was 5.3 free throw attempts per game. Um, uses his speed to make great off-ball motion cuts, so he doesn't need the ball in his hands to drive in the lane to make an effect. He can play off the ball just as well. A good cutter, you know, a good intelligent cutter makes smart cuts. Um, doesn't just run around out there but makes the, the, the correct plays in the system. Um, so an intelligent cutter who plays up-tempo, great up-tempo ability, and I think his ability to, to play fast and have that athleticism, I think that will help him adopt you know, to the NBA level. You know, NBA plays at an up-tempo pace. That's, it's a fast league every year. The pace, incre- the pace increases at the NBA. So fucking, he's going to have no problem um, adjusting to the NBA level of play. He was 10 for 10, you know, on transition leak outs this past season in the 99th percentile in transition when it comes to points per possession. So he doesn't really, it doesn't, doesn't do anything negative when he's in transition. He's a very effective transition guy. Doesn't have to rely on the outlet pass because he has the speed to, to just run up the open floor on the defensive rebound and run the break. Um, so he's very good in transition. Also a solid defensive player though. You know, he can rack up the steals. He'll get the chase down blocks because of that athleticism. Averaged 0.7 steals and 0.7 blocks across 27 minutes, which translated to over one steal and block um, across 40 min- a 40 minute rate. <clears throat> so, you know, it's impressive that he, he actually recorded 21 blocks versus 20 steals. So as a wing, that's pretty impressive to have more blocks than steals in a season. So I think it's good that he can rack up the, the defensive statistics and be a pest on the perimeter as well as a shot blocker down low. Um, so that's that's those are his pros on defense. But yes, he's known mostly for his athletic ability to to show off on offense. Um, not just a good shooter, uh, a good scorer, but he's a good passer. He's got good court, you know, a good open court vision, good vision on the open floor. Um, not just the scorer in the open floor, but can make those one-handed passes off the dribble. Um, and also uses his quick burst in, on the half court, um, in the half court game to, to drive and kick and draw defenders in, you know, in the lane and he'll kick it out to open shooters in the perimeter. Um, improved handles, um, also has good lift and form on his jump shot. Not a knockdown shooter yet. But has his moments, mostly great off the catch, 44% off the catch as a three-point shooter, and 48% from the corner three-point shots. Competitive fire, you know, a will to win, and I think that'll make him a good leader. He's talked about how he's very tight with his teammates. His teammates have also, on the flip side, praised him. Um, he's also said he wants to become the NBA commissioner one day. So I think that makes for a good leader. You know, this is the kid who wants to wants to carry a team. He wants to be a team player, though, at the same time. Um, a smart, high IQ. Makes good shots, uh, good shot selection. Sorry, he uh, he makes good passes, does things within himself. Um, a good rebounder. Averaged 7.1 rebounds per 40 minutes. Um, 
this past season in Duke. So he's a very good rebounder, especially on the offensive glass. So those are the positives for somebody like Cassius Stanley. Good athletic wing who can throw it down, who can shoot a little bit off the catch in the corners, who can drive and kick, who can rebound, who can defend on the perimeter, chase down for a block, pretty versatile, can play the one, two, and occasionally the three. So a good, solid, all-around, well-rounded player. Um, now he does have some have some weaknesses. Um, we talked about the handle's been improving a little bit, but still a little loose. Um, he's a little old for his freshman class. 21 years old in August. He's a freshman. You know he's going to be old for his class. Um, still fairly young though. Overly aggressive on defense can sometimes get into foul trouble. Uh, sometimes he relies, again, a lot of his game is based off of athleticism. So while being an acrobat like that is a positive, sometimes, especially when he gets older, he's going to have to find ways to impact the game at the NBA level without uh, without his athleticism. When his athleticism fucking declines, he's going to have to find ways to to, fi- to kind of make impact when, without it. An inconsistent shooter. Mentioned how great he is off the catch and in the corners, but off dribble he needs work. And he was 31% from three if you exclude the two corner spots. Uh, in particular, it was the top of the arc where he was one for seven, 14% this past year um, from the three point line. Uh, but, you know, last con here I have is he'll occasionally get tunnel vision on the drive. Um, and that could lead to some trouble finishing in traffic where he just makes a bad decision occasionally when he's driving. But overall, guys, I think this is a kid who who could make a very positive impact on this Knicks team. If the Knicks were to draft him, he would mesh well with R.J. Barrett. He would be a good fit, uh, being that they're potentially going to lose two good scoring players off the bench in Dotson and Trier, who are uh, fucking uh, free agents. I feel like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm uh, slurring my words tonight. Uh, but no, I, I think Cassius Stanley is going to be a good player in the NBA. Maybe a, likely a backup, you know, some scoring punch off the bench, some 3 and D um, eventually. Uh, you look at an athletic, a very athletic Latrell Sprewell type. I've heard those comparisons. Um, I don't know, though. I, I think the Knicks should at least take a look at him. If not, if not draft him, they should just take a look at him and, and consider the kid. Because we've talked about Desmond Bain being a knockdown shooter who can play defense. Cassius Stanley is more of a good shooter who can make the athletic plays and play some defense. Um, so there are some good options fucking out here, guys. I'm telling you, there it's not the it's not an exciting draft class, really. It's it's kind of shallow, if anything. But there are some sleeper picks here and there, some guys that will impact the Knicks somewhat in a positive manner. So. Tonight, we talked about Cassius Stanley. We started the show talking about Scott Perry. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't want to go too long, so I think I'm going to wrap this up. Episode 110 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Guys, I think that's all. You know, I appreciate you guys stopping by. We're about 25 minutes in. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so. Subscribe to BD4. Do so on you know YouTube, on Google, Spotify. You can find all the many different platforms that we have by simply going to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight to episode 110 of BD4. This has been Rob Carbone with episode 110 of BD4. And I'm signing out. I'll see you next time. Ciao.